direct from the ACU of Texas studio, this is League City Live with Erin Webb, with her eye on the economic development of one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. Fastest growing city. League City Live. It's time to visit with some of League City's most respected business professionals. Now, here's your host, Erin Webb. Hey, welcome to League City Live. I'm Erin Webb, your Communications and Media Director for the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. He's actually my boss. He is the President and CEO of the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce, Mr. Steve Patterson. So glad you could be here. And just like the show says, League City Live, we are talking everything League City. Just to get started, I think one of the most common questions that I get asked when I tell people what I do is, what is a chamber of commerce? And I think anybody you ask has a little bit of a a different answer. So I want to get it straight from the president. What is a chamber of commerce? Okay, a chamber of commerce is really set up to actually help businesses grow and survive. And how we do that is by facilitation and advocacy. So when it comes into a, an area where somebody needs help with their business from a governmental point of view, city point of view, stuff like that, then we work on their behalf to find solutions for any problems they may have or, again, advocate for them and anything that they need to have in the city state, region, county, whatever they are affected by. The other thing is to facilitate. So what we do is we also facilitate by putting members together with members. So who does business with who, keeping business local, making sure that things survive and thrive in our marketplace. So we work on multiple levels, as you know, because you communicate all that stuff. But (laughs) but, uh, what we do is, you know, we try to basically make sure that the investment by the member in the organization gets a return on investment for their investment. So they feel that they're getting something for our services. Excellent. So we came to the chamber almost about the exact same time, mm-hmm. and we were both new to the chamber world. So tell the listeners, what did you do before the chamber? What was your life like before, and, and what led you there? Okay, so uh, for 30-some-odd years, before I came to the Chamber of Commerce, it was my privilege actually to run newspaper companies. And so I could come from uh, actually the San Francisco Bay Area, where I'd spent the previous five years running the uh, San Francisco Bay Area Newspaper Group, not the Bay Area Newspaper Group here in Houston, but the Bay Area Newspaper Group in San Francisco, where I oversaw the operations of 23 daily newspapers. And I'd done that in other markets as well, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Texas once before, and some other areas. And so, you know, just different things like that and helping operate. And how I got to the chamber was I was actually uh, on uh, work for the Galveston County Daily News at that time, and I actually served on the board of directors and was going to become the incoming chair this year when the executive chair, executive by person, president and CEO, left the organization. And uh, I took over in an interim role, as you know, for about three months. And then uh, found a home there, and now I'm enjoying helping uh, work with businesses in the the community, League City in the region, and helping them with what we do. What led you to the ultimate decision to stay? Well, I was looking for a place. um, I grew up in South Florida and in the Miami area, and I've always been on the water. And so I like to fish and do those kind of things, beach, that kind of stuff. So um, when Debbie and I, my wife and I, were looking for... Uh, place to settle down finally. We thought about Galveston County. 
Uh, early in my career, I'd spent in the Rio Grande Valley, and we used to come up to Galveston for vacation. Go to Moody Gardens and go to the beach and all those type of things. And so we also got used to the metropolitan life out in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we wanted to have like sports teams and things like that we could do or, you know, different things you get in the metro environment, but also have the shoreline and do all those things. So Leak City was right dead in the center and middle and made the sense. So that's why we moved to Leak City. Let's talk about the time that we both came and we were both new to the chamber world. And so it was kind of we both have these cool media backgrounds that we're kind of consider ourselves mm-hmm. experts in. And here we are in this new industry. And how do we bring our expertise together and, and really make it boom? And I think you and I, along with the other staff and the board and our members, I think we've done just that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about for a minute the reputation that we had back three years ago when we both got there. Oh, you mean the dark days. The dark days. <laughs> so tell the listeners how that was and how what challenges we faced and where we are today. Well, you know, as you and I both know, it was challenging because when we got involved in the mix, uh, what we had happen was, uh, as you know, the um, <laughs> oh, oops, a little faux pas there. <laughs> uh, as you know, uh, we uh, were facing a chamber of commerce, which was declining in membership, declining in revenue, uh, had lost uh, trust and respect with the community in multiple areas, and so you know our goal was through communication two different ways we could do that, to rebuild those bridges and those trusts with those different groups in the community, to show a real value in what the Chamber of Commerce could mean to them. And of course, you and I and the rest of the staff, we put our noses down and we went to work and it was an incredibly a lot amount of work, but it's paid off because we wanted to do just like any other good business or any other good business venture, that when you invest, you wanna make sure there's a return but also that you have value. Who wants to do business with somebody unless you have value? And so we built a lot of value into what we offer our members uh, right from the get-go. You know, as soon as you join, they get what? They get a bunch of stuff out of the barrel. They get free email blasts. They get ads in the in the magazine. They get um, website, website links. And, I mean, just a multitude of things for what they get when they join. So we're already starting to promote their business for them as they become members. So inherently, we've grown on that. What can we do? What can we do for our members? I mean, that's what we talk about every day. What's something else we can do? What can we do better? And we're still building. You know, we're only two and a half. You know, literally, we're only two and a half years old. Even though the chamber's been here for twenty years, you know, it's really basically a startup. So we were, we're reborn. We were reborn. <laughs> yes, we were. So into uh, you know, we're looking at two and a half years into a new business. And if you were to gauge us against other new business startups, I'd say we're doing fairly good. I think so. (laughs) You know, we work closely with a lot of organizations in the area, um, and I think it it helps our reputation. It helps us grow. Some of them are other chambers of commerce, Mm -hmm. Baytran. Can you talk a little bit about those organizations and why we choose to have partnerships Mm -hmm. with them, why that's important? Well, you know, uh, as much as we would like to be all things to everybody, we can't be. And a lot of things that we work on, you really want to work and partner with those people who have real strengths in that area. So, for example, we have a very close relationship with Baytran. What does Baytran do? They focus on mobility and transportation issues in the Bay Area. So they're really connected in that area. So when we started building the board of directors and ex-officios, we said, you know, we really need to have somebody from their organization represented here so we have firsthand information so we can better serve our members. 
So with Baytran, we had that same thing happen with BayApp, which is the Bay Area Houston Economic Partnership. We have a first-hand thing. Uh, not only do they participate in our committees and the work we do, we also participate in their committees and the work they do, and we support each other mutually. Same thing with the Galveston Economic Development Partnership is another one we do the same thing with. And then and, and also with the city, the county, and uh, the other chambers of commerce. We help support each other. In fact, we had our first multi-chamber mixer about, about two weeks ago where we had Paraland, Friendswood, uh, Lake City, and uh, Clear Lake. Yes. All together. It was an amazing success. Very good. Yes. Well, speaking of the chamber and everything we have going on, you know, I remember when we first started to get going, there were so many projects that you wanted to work on, and I fought you on them. Yes. Steve, it's too much. It's too much. But um, one of my favorite things, um, for those of you listening, you know, Steve, Steve and I came on at about the exact same time, both from different mm-hmm. media backgrounds. And uh, one project that he really wanted to do was an e-magazine. And we just, it's Momentum, it's a business-to-business magazine. Mm -hmm. It goes out to about 16,000 businesses in Galveston County and Southeast Harris County. This project was was so exciting to me, and we just produced our 26th issue. and, and you, you were a huge mentor to me for that, and I really appreciate that. You brought your wealth of expertise, and I think the product that we've created is amazing. Why was it so important to you to have this type of publication? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that the Chamber lacked in a huge amount before we got started was transparency. And how you're transparent with your membership is through communication. And so I said, well, we need a really solid platform just not an email or something like that, that somebody can take time and find out what's going on and what we're doing and have a platform to do that. The other thing is, again, to give value to your, to your members. Uh, I want to create a platform where people can share their talents and their expertise with their other memberships through the written form. So as you know, we reached out to members and said, hey, got a talent? Got something you want to share with us? Show people what you have, why they should do business with you. And so that created about, I guess it's about 80% of the content in the magazine every month. Absolutely. Uh, that uh, our members contribute to it, uh, sharing their knowledge and, and their expertise and, and their skills and talents with the membership. So if you're looking for a certain product or service or some sort, you read through the magazine, you're able to see recognized experts in their field, and you can say, hey, this is maybe somebody I want to talk to and do those things. Excellent. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We love our momentum. So what have you learned? It's almost been three years, Mm -hmm. two and a half, three years. What's your, what's your biggest accomplishment so far and and what's yet to come for the chamber of commerce? I think our, I can say we have two big accomplishments. The first one was to build enormous value into belonging to the chamber of commerce. So as you, as you come on board with us and you on board with us, you see, once you get on board with us, how you can plug in, how you can engage and make the best use out of what we have to offer. In turn, what that has done for us is it has created a, the best sales force in the world to sell the Chamber of Commerce, and that's our members. As you know, probably 80% of the members who join now are actually direct referrals from our members. And that says a lot right there. If you're willing to step up and say, hey, you really need to belong to the Chamber of Commerce, there's a reason for it because they're sold on it. And, Absolutely. And so I think those are our two biggest achievements. And, and that really is just the beginning because 
the first year for us was basically, oh boy, how do we survive? Let's get the tin cup out there rattling <laughs> because as a nonprofit, you know, we survive on sponsorships and membership dues to put on and, and produce everything we do. Uh, there was a lot of folks that were really reticent about even putting a couple of nickels in our cup there for a while. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was like me. It was, da- it was like daily dialing for dollars. Who can I ask today to help us out and join our effort on this new mission? And then eventually that started catching on, and we started doing much better in that area. Yep. Well, that's certainly not the case today. We have a thriving membership. We all build each other up. We're, we're growing. And speaking of growth, you know, so many times when people find out where I work, they want, what's coming? What, what are they building right there? What are they building mm-hmm. right there? League City is just, it's, it's growing like crazy. And I know that you have developed many partnerships with the city, the county, and different organizations where you're working on those type of initiatives mm-hmm. to, to build a better League City. Because as you've told me many times, it's only a little over halfway built out to this day. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. So... The future is in the hands of these leaders that you're meeting with. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about those projects that you're working on and maybe see what exactly is coming to League City. I'll share as much as I can. All right. Well, we'll be right back with League City Live with Steve Patterson and what is going on in League City. Back to the ACU of Texas studios and League City Live with Aaron Webb. Connect with Aaron, learn more about the show, or contact us to be a guest. Go to VinylDraftRadio.com. All right, welcome back to League City Live. Again, I'm Aaron Webb with the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce, and with me today is my boss, Steve Patterson, the president and CEO of the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. And in the last segment, we learned all about the chamber, the challenges we've faced, the growth we've had, and and some people still wanting to know what exactly is a chamber of commerce. And I think we answered that question. And uh, now so many people want to know what is going on in League City. So when I told everybody that you were coming on, I was hoping that we could get some answers and find out some initiatives that, that you've been working on in your partnership. So let's just dive right in. So League City is a hot, it's a hot city. Everybody wants to come here. Um, it's growing like crazy. So let's talk about some of the partnerships that you developed and some of the initiatives that you've been working on. The first one, the um, Innovation Interstate Corridor. So what can you tell us about that? Okay, the Innovation Interstate Corridor slash ecosystem. (laughs) That's a a big mouthful. But uh, that actually came up about uh, a little over two years ago in a uh, discussion I had with Dr. David Callender at UTMB. Uh, you know, again, one of the roles of the Chamber of Commerce, as we talked about, was facilitation. And facilitation means not only putting members and members together, but maybe putting the membership together with city entities, county entities, economic development, uh, and pairing those up. And so we play a role in that as well. So the idea was this, is that literally from uh, Galveston Island on I-45, north to Beltway 8, uh, uh, up to Sam Houston Parkway along there, um, we have all this tremendous innovation that's going on in biotech, aerotech, space tech, 
uh, just tech tech. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's with uh, the um, large investment that the University of Texas Medical Branch is making in their, their for-profit arm called MIB. That's not men in black. It means something else. <laughs> but um, where they actually have incubators down on the island, where they're actually encouraging um, their research scientists and folks to go into incubators and try out new ideas. And, you know, we hear a lot about those in Coffee with the President each month when uh, we have world-class scientists come in and speak to us about some of the discoveries that they've actually uh, discovered and what they're working on down there. Um, not only that, you know, we've also got uh, what we refer to as the Medical Village, which is the UTMB League City campus, but also all the other medical facilities with Memorial Hermann and uh, MD Anderson and all these other folks becoming basically a small medical center in the middle of League City. And then, of course, we can't forget the granddaddy of them all, NASA, Jackson uh, Johnson Space Center, and everything that NASA develops up there. And now we have the spaceport in Ellington Field and all the uh, space uh, commercialization companies and the technology that they're doing there. And then we also have a wonderful education system here where we have you know, we have one, two, three, four community colleges, and then we also have uh, University of Houston Clear Lake, Texas A&M, and UTMB right here in our neighborhood. So we have a, an area that we can do workforce development and everything else. Now, to the observer, when you look at this, there's all these little silos of different things that are all percolating along and trying to do something. But imagine if you could create a unified effort to take all this tech and meld it in and brand it and put it in a, in a corridor. So one of the days I was listening to National Public Radio and they were talking about the energy corridor in Katy and people put those synonymously together. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm going, you know, we've got all this innovation. We have an innovation corridor here, but nobody is bringing it together. Nobody's marketing it. So hence, you know, with the challenge from UTMB and some other folks, we got together with the Galveston Economic Development Partnership Barry Houston uh, Economic Partnership, the city, and UTMB, and we started formulating the Innovation Corridor and uh, along Interstate I-45. And so the whole idea here is to bring everyone to the table and talk about branding and really successfully using this as a as a step up to economic development in the area by branding as someplace if you're in innovation, this is where you want to come. So those are the type of things we work on as a Chamber of Commerce as well. You know, another question I get asked a lot, even though this is technically Seabrook, Kima, what's going on with 146? Do you have any insight on that? I sure do. I know we um, work with TxDOT a lot. Actually, I was at a Baytran luncheon on Thursday, and uh, Quincy Allen, who is the head engineer for TxDOT in the Houston region, was giving a speech, and he was talking about not only I-45 and what's going on there, but 146. And uh, that project will begin this month, coming in May. I, I drove by there the other day down 146. And, you know, depending on the time of day, which I was earlier in the day, it was a ghost town. So a lot of the um, businesses lot, have relocated or vacated. shut down. Yep, they're getting ready to bulldoze out all those right-of-way uh, folks that sold out to TxDOT. And then the railway deal, which was a big hinge on the thing, has been taken care of. So the railway lines have been taken over in that area, too. But um, initially what that'll be is it'll be, according to uh, Mr. Allen, uh, somewhere between four and five years will be the total project time. It's a $180 million project. And it will start at uh, basically at Red Bluff Road. And eventually when the complete project is done, it will go all the way down to 1764 wow. in Texas City. And so you will be able to actually go from Red Bluff Road to 1764 on 
uh, FM-146 um, without hitting a stoplight. That's incredible. So you'll be able to go all the way down, and that'll greatly help with the evacuation route. Oh, sure. For hurricanes as well. But that's also the joining into the Grand Parkway, which will also be at what, six, FM-646. will eventually join up at FM-146. Uh, uh, and they'll be there, and then at I-45 at 646, and then uh, it'll go west to uh, I uh, to State Road 35 oh, in yeah. Alvin. So, and that's uh, another part of the project. So, literally for the next 10 years, League City will be an island in a sea of construction. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I kind of tell folks it's like this. I said, you know, it's going to be a mess, and it's going to be a real pain right now to do all this. But think about having to live in your house during reconstruction or remodeling. And it's really, you know, have all these barriers up and all these walls, and you have to go down through different things. But in the end, when it's all done, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to we'll be great. And we'll have the infrastructure in the city to move traffic around and have much better mobility in the area we're in. Incredible. Well, I can't wait to see the growth. Um, another initiative you've been working on with some of the leaders at the City of League City, the master plan. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. Uh, that's uh, That started about 19 months ago now. Um, you know, I uh, actually approached uh, uh, Mayor Pat Hallisey on a trip back from uh, Las Vegas when he and I went to an economic development convention. And, uh, and uh, it was very enlightening because we thought we were going to go out there and try and inform all these developers where League City was. And much to our surprise, they could not only tell us where League City was, they could tell us all about League City, which kind of set my alarms off because I said, wow, we're right in the crosshairs of development. And um, the developers are going to basically develop League City the way that they want to. And I said, you know, Pat, you really need to have a master plan for the city because we don't have one. You know, basically, League City has uh, basically four zoning codes, which is residential, residential mix, commercial, commercial mix, light, industrial, and industrial. And so if you have a piece of commercial property, you can literally develop anything you want, fast food, strip center, gas station. And that's not really the best use for the 48% of League City that we have left to build out. Because one of the burdens that Tax City residents have is they buy 85% of all, their, all the uh, tax revenue to the city right now for operating expenses. Um, the average city, to give you some context in that, is usually it's about 55% residential and about 45% commercial. And League City, it's only 15%. So the residents are really bearing an unfair share. And so what we need to do is if we're going to develop commercial, we need to develop the right kind of commercial that's going to provide the most tax yield per acre that we can possibly do. And, that, and just smart. It's managed growth. And that's what the whole idea for master plan is to manage growth, not let, not let the growth manage you. And, I mean, this is not a slam on Houston, but all you have to do is look north to see how if you just let things go unfettered without zoning and stuff like that, what can happen? And we don't really want that to happen. We've got a great town here in League City. I mean, you know, it's the city of the Oaks, and it's got a small town feel for 100000 A lot of people want to maintain that because if you let growth go unfettered in League City, uh, it's, it's plausible that League City could have a population of 250,000 mm -hmm. within 15 to 20 years. Wow. And right now, it's tough getting around town even without construction. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, we want to look at... Do we want all that to be rooftops or do we want a big section, of that, especially with the Grand Parkway? And how do we want to develop that commercial land as the Grand Parkway when it comes out, which should be in the next couple of years here? 
All right. Well, interesting that you say that because I love League City. You love League City. We all love League City. It is that big town with a, with a small town feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the initiatives at the chamber, one of the committees that we have is the tourism committee. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and there's a handful of projects that that particular committee is working on to get folks into League City. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to talk about some of that. One of my favorites that you've been working on for quite a while is Project Right Hand Turn. Yep. So tell us about that. Okay. As you know, the name Project Right Hand Turn comes from, uh, came out of the initiative when Hobby Inter became an international airport and started flying people in internationally. Uh, it was an, an opportunity for us to start developing tourism down in our area. Uh, Galveston Island does a wonderful, the Parks and Rec Board does a great job on marketing the island. Um, the, the Bay Area Houston CVB, prior to now, used to do a great job of uh, marketing Clear Lake. But there was this void of marketing from basically League City south down to the bridge. And so the whole idea of Project Right Hand Turn was to alert our international travelers and other travelers about when you come out of Hobby International Airport, instead of turning left and going to the Galleria and to the Woodlands, why don't you make a right-hand turn and come down to Baybrook Mall and see what we have to offer? And besides, we have something the Woodlands doesn't have. Well, they have it, but they don't have as much as we do. Water. That's a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of beaches and sailboats and stuff like that. And plus, you know, second homes and shopping here is a lot less expensive right. than it is in the Woodlands right now. And um, and then we have a great lifestyle. Like, you know, we have a great town and stuff like that. Uh, just the Woodlands does, too, but it's just different. And we have great food, too. Yes, we have great oh restaurants. Goodness. So the whole idea was to do that. And so we are in the process, as you know, um, developing partnerships with Baybrook Mall and other entities right now to facilitate and say, okay, how do we market internationally this area and what we have to do? So we have a partnership with the Bay Area Houston CVB now, the League City New CVB, and our tourism committee are all working on those projects, trying to figure out what are the best ways to use hotel occupancy tax dollars also known as hot tax, uh, to invest those dollars wisely to increase the amount of shoppers in our area. And possibly if they come here and shop and like it, maybe start businesses here, buy homes. Exactly. It's economic development. Tourism is just another name for economic development. Do you foresee any challenges from those who, let's say, we talked about League City being that's still the small town feel, mm-hmm. but it is a big town. It's growing. There's, you know, there's not a lot we can do to change that. Do you foresee any challenges once we start getting going with these um, different projects from people that want it to remain a small yeah. town? Well, the, the two key words here are managed growth. If you manage and plan the city correctly through the master plan and you want to make sure the amenities are in place, for example, um, right now uh, there's money and the Parks Board in League City is looking at uh, in, you know, putting in 126 miles of trails nice. in League City. Uh, they're going to extend. There's kayak trails up and down Clear, Clear Creek now going into the lake. Uh, you know, so bicycles. So the, the goal with the parks uh, department is to be able to go anywhere in Lee City on your bicycle oh. and not have to get on major highways or do those things. So that goes a long way. Then there's a lot of planning in the west side of town undeveloped. There's a lot of land that's been set aside for green space. So parks and parks, recreation department. So other ball fields and parks and places that you can go with your family and enjoy the day and do those kind of things. So uh, League City really wants to be a green city. The other thing is that they also want to be a smart city. 
So that was very evident. Uh, a lot of people are not aware, but League City actually made it to the second round of the Amazon H2 headquarters. Yeah. Round, and the only reason, well, one of the reasons we fell out was we didn't have enough public transportation, which is, you know, typical for Texas in general. But what they did like was they liked our universities, our schools, our education, the lifestyle we have here, the cost of living. Uh, everything else was right and ticking along. But one of the things they also brought to our, our knowledge was that we do have a pretty solid uh, digital infrastructure. Uh, because of the plants in Texas City, there are large digital backbones plus a couple of large data centers to do that that we can tap into. So one of the things that we're looking at the master plan as well is how do we make League City a smart city? So regardless if you're a residence or a business, you have access to the internet and to data transmission. Wow. So as you can all tell, there's a lot of really <laughs> neat stuff coming to League City, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that you may not know about. When we come back, I want to talk about one, maybe two more projects that the Tourism Committee is working on, but also talk about some really exciting events that we have coming to League City. So when we come back uh, with more with Steve Patterson on League City Live. This to the ACU of Texas Studios and League City Live with Aaron Webb. All right, so we're back with League City Live. I'm Aaron Webb, and with me still is Steve Patterson, President and CEO of the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. When we left, we were talking about some of the projects that we're working on with the Tourism Committee, and we talked about Project Right Hand Turn, which would get people coming out of Hobby to turn right and come into League City instead of turning left and going to the woodlands. There is another project that we're working on. We call it Project Sports. Well, you know, one of the uh, great amenities that League City has is we have new numerous parks already in ball fields. So uh, actually this year, I think it's coming up this month, or maybe next month, I can't have to check the calendar, but we are going to be the home for the Southeast, uh, Southwest Regional Lacrosse Championships, which means there'll be about 5,000 lacrosse players coming up from the whole Southwest to come play here in League City. Now, you can imagine what that means on the city and the surrounding area for hotel stays and people eating out and spending money. I mean, that's a huge amount of stuff. There's a real opportunity for that. Plus, we also have a wonderful facility called Big League Dreams yes. in city, uh, which somewhere uh, brings between 250 and 300,000 visitors to the city every year for ball tournaments of all kinds, softball, fastball, fast pitch, hardball, all those kind of ball games. And actually, if you go out there some Sundays, you can actually see them playing cricket as well. Cricket. Yes, they play cricket out there. They have <laughs> cricket leagues as well. And so first-class facility, they just uh, actually last year also added an indoor air-conditioned soccer field for soccer leagues as well. So, um, you know, that's a draw as well. So we have all these parks and everything else. So the question is, what else do we have? Well, geez, we have a bunch of gymnasiums mm -hmm. in all this, the high schools we have and different areas. So the question really for the League City CVB, and we're working with Brian Roller, who's the director there, is what kind of tournaments can we attract to our area like the 5,000 lacrosse players, and also being the home for the second year for Quidditch. Yes, where we had the, the broom, the, yeah, the, the broom, broom sport. <laughs> yeah, the Quidditch tournaments, which <laughs> actually had a pretty good economic impact on the city for where we're doing. And, you know, in Lee City, uh, from a tourism standpoint anyways, you know, 
Aaron, is running is really growing organically. We'll have probably an additional uh, six to seven hundred hotel rooms in the city mm-hmm. within the next two years. With uh, looking at a Marriott, Fairfield uh, Inn being built, we're looking at a Holiday Inn Express being built. We're looking at uh, both of which will be full service hotels, which means a lot of restaurants and bars. And and, then, and one of them, I can't say which one, but one of them will also have a conference center that will seat up to about 300 people as well, which will be a great help for things that we do and uh, in the uh, different seminars and events that we host Absolutely. on a regular basis. And so, um, you know, we have all these ball fields, we have all this rich stuff, we have rooms and everything else. And so there's all kinds of things we can have. Plus we have sailing. So regattas, we have powerboat races, which I believe there's one coming up this summer uh, that the Bay Area Houston CBB is bringing the dragon boats back in again. And this year, instead of being out in the bay, they're going to be doing it on the lake. So there'll be vision centers where you can actually watch the boats race on the lake. And so there's all these different things that we have. And then we have wonderful facilities like South Shore Harbor Marina Resort. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, you know, it has these different venues. So, And then to uh, top it all off, uh, whether here doing all the sports venues, we now have the uh, uh, Houston uh, Space Center Houston, which has gone under an expansion, mm-hmm. and all the new neat exhibits they have under William Harris's uh, new leadership over there. And then we also had open this year the Lone Star Flight Museum, which is another world-class event with all the aircraft that they have over there still fly. Absolutely gorgeous. And, and, it, and both of them are educational facilities, so for kids to go to and learn about aeronautics and space flight and everything else. So, And stay tuned. There may be another major museum on the way as oh, well. Oh, he always does this to me, y'all. <laughs> you know, there's there's something fun coming. There's something fun coming. But he can't tell me. <laughs> can you tell us anything about anything coming to League City? I can tell you that one of the exciting things right now is actually uh, I met with the uh, new director of the port down in Galveston. And... Uh, as you know, uh, Carnival just keeps on bringing bigger and bigger ships in there. And same thing with Royal Caribbean. They're bringing bigger and bigger ships in there. They're getting ready to bring another ship in next year that will actually have 6,500 passengers. Wow. Each time they go out there. They just went over a million passengers this year. And, uh, you know, uh, Royal Caribbean is actually talking to the city right now. It was in the paper the other day about uh, actually financing and leasing uh, space for a third terminal. Wow. Down there because they want to bring more boats in. Plus, we have Disney coming in. And uh, there's other cruise lines that are also interested in coming to Galveston now. So that could be push the cruise numbers real quickly up to over 2 million. And all those folks have to drive right by League City. Oh, yeah. And they have to stay someplace. And then more, if they if they have more to do around here, then uh, they maybe they'd stay a day or two longer. And we could uh, capture some of that market, that drive-by market that comes by. Business is booming in League City. Economic development is thriving. I want to talk about some exciting events we have coming to League City, and it all starts this weekend. The hottest event in League City, the League City Music Festival and Barbecue Cook-Off. The young professionals group that I help lead within the chamber is in charge of a new concept this year. They're calling it the Lion's Den, which is a public tent. Um, You know how when you go to barbecue cook-offs and festivals, if you don't have a tent to go in or someone that you know, you're kind of just stuck walking around, you know, which is fine, but uh, we have developed this tent, the, um, the public tent, Lion's Den, where the, it's open to the public. They can come in 
um, purchase a barbecue sandwich plate for $5. We'll have beer and other different beverages for sale. We'll also have DJ Mike Krell, who is one of our members of the chamber, and he does a lot of our events. He's amazing. He's going to be providing um, live entertainment in that tent specifically all weekend long, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The lineup for this year's music festival is incredible. Friday night includes Bag of Donuts and Sammy Kershaw. Do you remember Sammy Kershaw? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I do, too. Yeah. I love Sammy Kershaw. So my dad was a country music singer, not famous, but uh, <laughs> local. And uh, I remember growing up to his type of music, so I'm really excited to hear from him. Uh, Saturday night, we have Sierra Bernal, Mike and the Moon Pies, Shiny Ribs, and Maddie and Tay. Um, so I- I'm incredibly excited for this event. We are still in need of some volunteers to come work in the public tent. So if you want to come help serve food, beverages, or help collect money, we could certainly use your help. Go to League City chamber.com and uh, click on committees click on young professionals and the form will be in there we would sure appreciate your help next friday may 11th we have our annual athena leadership award Mm -hmm. of the bay area luncheon Um, we put this event on every may it honors females and sometimes males um, in leadership roles that make them effective admirable and successful leaders Um, We have 14 nominees this year, and we announced them a couple weeks ago on the radio show. Um, Steve, what sort of insight can you give us about this event? Um, You know, Mm -hmm. why why do we do it? And um, we are the only chamber within so many miles that can put this on, correct? Right. We actually uh, own the franchise uh, from uh, Chambers County all the way over to I-69, 59, all the way north up to 610, all the way down to the island. So it's a, it's a fairly sizable piece of uh, geography. And then for then this year, we've actually expanded it to make it more of a regional event. We actually have some nominees from outside League City this year, which we're excited about. Athena International is, is a society that was founded on the growth of uh, women uh, through leadership and mentoring. And uh, the awards every year, which are nationally recognized, there's been winners nationally like Condoleezza Rice and other folks. And it's actually international, and they do this around the world. Uh, The Northwest Chamber of Commerce up in uh, Houston this year will actually be hosting their first one this year. There's only four franchises available. There are still two open in the marketplace, which are still unfulfilled. But I got a feeling they're going to get scooped up pretty quick because this is an important thing. Um, This will also lead to a new program that we have next year. I wanted you to talk about yeah, that. Uh, called Athena Next Generation, where currently in the Houston market that we don't, at least we don't know of one, is a public uh, training and mentoring program for women and professionals and also folks of diversity to move forward in business and have a group of people that they can actually network and get skilled in. Athena International has spent a lot of money and a lot of time developing a curriculum for a leadership program uh, that has eight modules built on the eight pillars of uh, Athena, what it stands for, and then uh, we are looking at uh, possibly putting that program on later this year uh, if we get all the stars to line up right with sponsorship and stuff. But we want to offer this to uh, the region to help those folks uh, uh, get further ahead in their careers and provide this service, which we think is extremely valuable to women. 
Excellent. So if you'd like to come and be a part of that and see who gets um, the award this year, like I said, we have 14 nominees. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the most we've ever had. This group of women is absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. Some of them include, we have Mayor Pat Hallisey's wife, Janice Hallisey, Ashley Quinones Mm -hmm. from Memorial Hermann. We have a number of women. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. All Uh, all very much deserving. And uh, interesting thing about the way the Athena Award is chosen, it's not done here locally. It's actually uh, all the essays that are written about the different nominees are forwarded to Athena International, and there's actually a team at Athena International that vets all the applications and actually chooses the person they feel most meets the pillars of Athena. And that's the, that's the concept I like the most about this, is it's not necessarily a who-you-know popularity contest. It's truly, you're you know judged by people outside of our community, so it's, it's a really special award, and um, we invite everyone to attend. It's uh, next Friday, May 11th, from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Lakewood Yacht Club. Tickets are available at LeagueCityChamber.com. On Monday, May 7th, we're hosting a candidate forum for the Galveston County Commissioner Precinct 4 runoff between Commissioner Ken Clark and Michelle Hatmaker. Steve, we've done a number of candidate forums and meet and greets um, hosted by the Chamber. Why is it so important for the public to come out and hear this forum and really place their vote? What's the importance of it? Well, you know, um, we're still uh, suffering the uh, misery of Harvey that left us a lot of different things. And with that, I mean, speaking to a lot of city and county officials, we're looking at, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars still that we need to do in repairs and drainage and stuff like that. Well, these are your, your elected officials are the ones that, you know, take that task on and try to do that for us. By having these candidate forums and these different meet and greets gives you a first-hand opportunity to hear uh, questions of these candidates on how they plan on handling these challenges that we have moving forward. You know, it was Ike, now it it was Harvey, and God knows, maybe we'll have somebody this year, Mm. who knows. But, you know, you want to make sure that you got the right person in those offices working best for you and you know and the only way you can really get to know these folks is by actually listening to what they have to say hearing the questions asked and then making a decision but more importantly even after doing that actually going out to the voting booth and pulling that lever down or checking that (laughs) box or whatever you need to do to make sure that you cast your vote to make sure that you feel that your word's being moved forward. Again, one of our things is advocacy. Chamber does not advocate for particular candidates, but we do advocate for issues. So we're always listening to what those issues are, and and then we advocate with these elected officials. So we want to make sure that you 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 have a voice. And this is another way we provide a voice for you and a set of ears on how to actually listen to what they have to say. Excellent. So again, if you want to come out to this forum, that's Monday, May 7th from 6 to 7.30 at the Johnny Arolfo Civic Center in League City, um, Galveston County Commissioner Precinct for a runoff between Commissioner Ken Clark and Michelle Hatmaker. On Tuesday, May 8th, we're having a health and stroke awareness breakfast, which is being put on by our very own health care committee. will be hosted at the University of Houston Clear Lake Garden Room. Special guest speakers will be Melanie Bean, a heart attack, survive, a heart attack survivor, and also Mayor Pat Hallis 
see a heart attack survivor. Mm-hmm. And I know he's been walking around on his new prosthetic leg, so maybe he'll just walk right in next yeah, week. I so had, I had a choice. I had, <laughs> I had the pleasure to meet with Pat this morning and, and talk about some city issues, and he's never looked better. I know. He's such a great man. Um, again, that's Tuesday, May 8th, at starting at 8.30 at University of Houston Clear Lake Garden Room. Uh, before we run out of time, I do want to touch on one more event that we're putting on. Uh, Steve, I'd like for you to talk about it. June 1st, the Tax Reform Act Workshop with Congressman Randy Weber and Mark Rush, who is a, a owner CPA with Ham Langston and Brazina LLP. Yeah, you know the uh, you know all the uh, stuff you hear from the talking heads on TV and or in the paper about the Tax Reform Act is that oh boy, you're going to get more money in your paycheck. There's actually a lot of other stuff in the bill that directly affects small to medium businesses who we really cater to as a chamber of commerce. Uh, Everything for tax relief, tax benefits, different things like that. So the whole purpose of the workshop, and, uh, you know, we feel privileged to be reached out from Congressman Weber's office to actually host that in the region to let small business owners know what they can do. So you'll be able to meet the congressman. You'll be able to ask, you know, hear some questions directly, ask to the congressman on why it happened, why he supported it, what he sees and why he did. And then uh, Mark Rush, uh, CPA, who is a tax expert, will go through the whole bill and point out all the opportunities for small to medium businesses using the new law and how it can benefit your business. So it is a, you know, you do not, if you're a small business owner, you really don't want to miss this one because you're going to get a ton of free advice that you'd have to pay a ton of money for to get from some folks. So come out and make the time, have a light breakfast and listen to what these guys have to say. Excellent. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being here today. You are always a wealth of information. Um, That's it this this week for League City Live. Mm -hmm. Uh, Join us next week. And as always, if you do want more information with the Chamber of Commerce or what's going on Mm -hmm. in League City, go visit our website at LeagueCityChamber.com. Again, thank you, Steve, and we'll see. And Aaron, thank you very much for the great (laughs) job you do, and it's a great pleasure to work with you every day. Absolutely. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. League City Live with Aaron Webb. League City Live, a Final Draft Radio production. Learn more at FinalDraftRadio.com.